Grab your Bibles. Grab your Bibles. Uh, turn with me to Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 10. In verse 10. Uh, if I say something crazy today, don't think nothing of it. I blew my nose a while ago and I think half my brain come out. <clears throat> so, uh, and if you don't understand, you've got a redneck preacher, you do now. Amen. All right. How many of you are glad to be saved? I want to, I want to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to do things just a little, just a little differently today. Uh, uh, I, I was thinking on the, on the plane ride home, uh, just how I was going to do today. And, uh, and this is how I want to do it. So, so we're going to, we're going to kind of relax today and just kind of, uh, talk to you just a little bit about my week this week. How about that? Would that be okay? Okay. This section right here, I'm glad y'all are with us. All right. I'm glad y'all are with us. I say, would that be okay? Amen. Amen. All right. Let's pray. Let's pray. And I'll let you be seated. All right. Lord Jesus, thank you so much. Thank you so much for all of your blessings. Uh, Lord, we, we, we so don't deserve any of them. But God, we are grateful for your faithfulness. We're grateful for your goodness. We're grateful for your mercy. And Lord, I pray right now that you will be honored and you'll be glorified as we, we share your word today. Lord, challenge your people. Challenge them. Convict them, encourage them, uh, build them up, edify them. Lord, we've got so much work to do and so little time to do it. And God, I pray that your perfect will be done today. Lord, more than anything, don't let me say anything, not one single thing that is not anointed, that is not ordained by you to say. And Lord, don't let me forget anything I should. Lord, I pray in Jesus name, we all pray in Jesus name is why we're here. And all God's people said, amen. amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. <clears throat> uh, this past, this past week, uh, last Sunday, last Sunday, right after church, we, we, me and brother Dustin, we, we took off from here and went to the airport in Huntsville and flew to, uh, Atlanta, Georgia, and then waited for three days, it seemed like. Uh, how many of y'all enjoy those layovers in them airports? Amen. Uh, we flew from there to Paris, France. And uh, uh, then we flew from there to uh, Dubai, Dubai, which is in the middle, uh, is in the Middle East. And uh, a few months ago, uh, TTI contacted us, the Timothy Initiative, our missions partner, and, uh, and asked us, since we are leading the charge when it comes to church planning and, and disciple making here in the U.S., uh, would we be willing to come, being the leaders of the U.S., be willing to come uh, to Dubai uh, because they were bringing in all of the leaders, all of the world leaders to Dubai for training, for encouragement, uh, to, to just help. This will be the first time they've ever been able to gather them all together. They were planning to do it during the COVID year and COVID ruined all that. And so 30 different countries around the world, 30 different countries around the world, the leaders came in and uh, came, came to that one central location. They had it there because of the location. It was centrally located between Asia, uh, Africa, and we were the furthest ones away. I mean, as far as that goes, but that is where the biggest majority 
of unreached people groups are. Uh, and when, when, if you're not familiar with that, that means they have no Bibles, they have no churches, they have no gospel witness whatsoever. They are unreached. Say that word with me. They are. Unreached. They're unreached. And, uh, and so we, we told them we would do it and we would come. They said, listen, it'd be really important. I said, listen, I, I'm, I'm in the deal. You know, I'm in the deal and I'm going to be transparent this morning. Okay. Can y'all handle that? I'm just going to be open and transparent this morning. Uh, uh, probably more than I should, but we're here. So here we go. Uh, I, I told him, I said, I really don't need to come. I'm in the deal. I'm for TTI. I'm for reaching unreached people groups. I don't have to see it. Uh, I, I'm in. I mean, I, I'm, I'm giving everything I've got to it money wise as far as I, I, you know, as much as I can. And, and, and said, no, it's really not about that. We want them to see you guys. They are very much encouraged uh, by your presence there. And I said, okay, all right, all right. But, but how many of y'all know God don't like a whiny baby? <clears throat> I know most of y'all in here, most of y'all in here think that I jump out of bed uh, full of sunshine singing the hallelujah chorus every morning, but I don't. And sometimes I get grumpy and sometimes I'm glad my wife is out of town. Amen. She would be shouting and running the aisles right now. Uh, and I had an attitude. I'll be honest with you. I had an attitude. Uh, last week I, I really didn't want to go. Been traveling a lot and, uh, been out of town a lot and, 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 you know, doing my part. And, and I had to take a, I had to take a COVID test, you know, with a little guy watching me on the video in my, in my office, uh, uh, which was a little creepy, say, man. And, uh, you know, you have to do it on video. So they, they see that this is not a made up, uh, test COVID test. And, and, and secretly on the inside, I didn't tell Dustin this till later, but I was kind of hoping it'd be positive. So I wouldn't have to go. <laughs> I told y'all I'm being transparent today. And I just didn't want to go. I just, I just didn't want to go. I, I, I was a little nervous. I'd never been to an Islamic country before. And probably, if the truth be known, Dubai is probably the, the safest Islamic country you could go to. But it's still an Islamic country and, and, and kind of dangerous. I mean, it, they, they told us what to wear and what not to wear and what to talk about and what not to talk about. What not to leave in your motel room when you left the motel room. Uh, not because of it being stolen, but because of it revealing the organization you're with and causing it to cause danger to some of the missionaries that were there. And so as we were flying in and I'm, you know, I'm grumpy in Atlanta and then I'm grumpy in Paris and, and, and I'm, I'm grumpy over toward Dubai. And, and I remember, I remember flying in to Dubai and looking out the window and seeing the lights right before we were fixing the land, seeing the lights and a fear, just a fear gripped me. I never had that before. Never, never been. And it was like all of a sudden the realization was I'm fixing to step foot on soil where they could keep me if they wanted to. And man, I'm telling you, there was a, there was just a, 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 a nervousness, an anxiousness that was, that was on me. Uh, 
we get off the plane and we're going through the, the, the checkouts and I'm te- they told me what I'm supposed to say that I'm there for and having papers and, 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 and I, I'm just, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm about to have a, 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 a panic attack. And, and everybody, all the security guards, you know, all of them, they're wearing these gowns. Y'all, y'all seen what they wear in the Middle East, the Arabic countries. And, and I'm thinking every single person I pass is giving me the eye. I didn't watch too many spy movies. Don't watch Taken and then fly to another country. Come on. I'm thinking the janitors are watching me, you know. Go through, and, and, and it was so smooth. I mean, it really was. I, it, it's harder to get in the United States than it is, you know. Anyway, I'm, I'm still nervous, aggravated, attitude, complaining. Dustin's such a great person. Y'all, y'all need to thank God for Dustin, because I give him so much grief. It's just, it's just sad. We get, to, we get to the conference center. <clears throat> the next morning, you know, we, we, I think we land... We get there about 1.30 in the morning. We have to be at the conference center at 7.30 that morning. Now, I'm really not happy about that because I'm not a morning person either. And uh, we go in there and they start filing in. And they're coming in from countries where it is so incredibly poor and so incredibly dangerous to be a Christian. Just to just to claim to be a Christian, you could lose your life, much less try to preach the gospel. And so they're coming in, they're coming in and I'm watching them and uh, and they, they start singing. They start singing and worshiping. And I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this, guys. They put all of us to shame. They are so happy and so full of joy and passionate about their singing. And they were singing one song and Sunday, I I think they had a train going, just, 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 just worshiping and shouting and singing. And and I'm sitting there, a whiny baby complaining, coming from probably the, everybody in here compared to the majority of them in there are incredibly wealthy. I don't care what you make. You're still richer than everybody there. And so I'm watching this. I'm watching this and I'm watching their worship. And y'all can imagine what God is doing to me on the inside. I'm, 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 I'm getting smaller and smaller and smaller. I'm supposed to be there to encourage them. I'm supposed to be there to, you know. And man, they're just worshiping. Happy. Happy. Smiling joyful, singing as loud as they can in their own languages. It was the most beautiful sound you've ever heard. 30 different countries, 30 different nations, from the poorest places in the world to the most unreached people groups in the world, the the most dangerous places in the world. And man, they're just so happy. And whoo, I, 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 I got under more conviction and more conviction and more conviction. Then one, one section of the conference, they begin to ask, how many of y'all have been jailed for your faith? And they begin to stand up. Wow. Gone to jail just for preaching the gospel. 
How many have been beaten on multiple occasions for preaching the gospel? They begin to stand. One's house was burnt down while he was in jail. He came home and he thought his family was dead. And he sat in the ash heap and was just weeping. They come and told him and said, no, we've got your family. They're, they're safe. It's okay. How many of you, how many of you, and it, and it is just mercy. How many of you have, and they just started listing all the difficulties. And they mentioned one thing. They said, how many of you, thank you, sir. Some of you, they were talking about, is it worth it? That was the, the theme of that particular section of the conference. And they said, some of you will give your life for the gospel. Do you hear me? Some of you will give your life for the gospel. And I didn't, I didn't see any. I didn't. All I saw was yes. Yes. And, and the speaker said, but is it worth it? And man, that was so resounding. Yes. Yes. The gospel's worth it. The gospel's worth being beaten. The gospel's worth going to jail. The gospel's worth losing all of your possessions. The gospel's worth losing your life. Can you imagine? Whiny baby, U.S. leader. I'm still getting lower and lower. That wasn't even the final straw. I get in the elevator. I get in the elevator. There's two pastors standing there, world leaders. I said, where are you guys from? We're from Vietnam. Vietnam. Communist country. Where if you have church, you have to have it in hiding. You have to have it in the jungles, in the underground, or you'll be killed. He said, we're from Vietnam. They said, where are you from? I thought the redneck voice gave it away. I said, I'm from the U.S. I'm representing the U.S. And he got this sad look on his face. I mean, a sad look. He said, said, we've heard about the church in America. He said, we're praying for you guys. We're praying for you. They've heard about the condition of the American church. The apathy. They've heard about the lack of commitment. They've heard about the decline. They've heard about the plateaued churches that are closing the doors and the pastors that are quitting. A man who has to go to church in a cave is looking me in the eye 
and saying, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for the churches in America. And I'm telling you what. That was about all I could take. I'm complaining because I'm going over there to encourage them. And here's a man who risked his life to even show up. Just to be there. He was risking his life. And he's praying for us. Boy. I'm going to tell you. Ladies and gentlemen, I didn't need to go there for them. I needed to go there for me. For me. I'm afraid some of us Americans think that we're God's gift to the world. God is not American. He's the God of the world. The world. Boy, I just seen reality hit me right in the face of how in desperate need we are of the touch of God in our churches in America. I said, Lord, what am I going to do when I get home? What in the world do I do with this? We go to, we go to a, uh, the big thing was to go to the mall. Oh, mall. I don't want to go to no mall. I've been to the mall. Why you want to go to the mall? Well, most of these guys never even seen a mall. So to them, it was like a big deal. So we go to the mall. Y'all ain't going to believe what it was. It was a mall. <clears throat> yeah, mall. Cheesecake factory. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Krispy Kreme. And do you know what the highlight, do you know what the highlight was? Krispy Kreme didn't have a single person in line. But you couldn't even get in KFC. God is my witness. I wanted to take a picture. <laughs> Couldn't even get in there. I mean, it, it, it was just, it looked like an Americanized store to me. And they're just looking at everything, wise, wide open. I will say they had a, a, an aquarium in there. It was about four stories tall, about 500 feet long, saltwater aquarium. All, just the best. And I'm sitting there staring at it. And Dr. Nelms came up to me and says, what are you doing? I said, I'm trying to figure out how I can get in there. <laughs> Son, they had permit in there that big. That's the best taste of fish in salt water. I'm thinking, hey, we're, yeah. We go in. <clears throat> we go into the little restaurant there. Uh, Dr. David uh, Nelms and, and David Gibson, if y'all remember, the, you remember the gentleman that came and taught us how to share our story? We're all sitting there, his wife and, and, and three or four others. And as we're, we're eating dinner, uh, our waitress came. Her name was Azel. She's from the Philippines. Most of all the workers there are from the Philippines. 
I mean, I, I don't think I ran into anybody that, that, that served in a restaurant or served in a store or anything that wasn't from the Philippines. There's very few, there's very few Arabs there in this country, about 20%. All the rest of them are uh, expatriates that they brought in to do all the work. And so Brother Gibson says this, which I was going to do it anyway, but Brother Gibson tells her, says, this is my friend. He's from Alabama. He's got a really great story. Do you got a minute? <laughs> says, I'll be right back. So she leaves, <clears throat> comes back. And I said, sis, let me tell you my story. And I gave her the one minute version. I said, man, there was a time in my life and I was very religious. I went to church all the time. My father was a pastor and man, I knew a ton about the Bible. I knew a ton about God, but something was missing. Something was missing. I just didn't feel complete. I would think about dying and I was scared to death. But somebody told me a message that changed my life. I said, Malcolm, it's not enough to know about God. You had to know God. And that day I gave Jesus my life and I asked him to forgive me and save me. And boy, my life's never been the same. I said, I felt complete. Azale, I felt complete. And I started noticing some tears dripping down her face. I said, that day Jesus gave me peace. And now she's just in a full-blown weeping. And I said, that's because of what Jesus has done for me. I said, Isaiah, do you have a story like that? She said, no. She said, I've been here 10 years, didn't have any family there. She says, I didn't think anybody loved me. And man, I'm telling you, the whole table's just, I said, oh, Isaiah, I love you. I said, all these people at this table love you. I said, but there's somebody bigger than all of us that loves you more than us all put together. I said, Jesus loves you and he will forgive you and save you. He'll give you peace like he gave me. I said, would you like to pray and ask Jesus to give you that peace and save you? She said, I sure would. And right there in that restaurant, Azel prayed. And Azel, if you're watching, I gave you our website and I told you when we'd have service and I hope you're watching. I hope you're watching. Because, listen, not only did that table love you and I love you, but this whole church loves you. Amen. Don't y'all love her? Yeah. We're praying for you. We're praying for you. I hope you're watching. Man, what a, I, I, I was walking this high off the ground. It was the best time I had in Dubai. And it was like the Holy Spirit was saying, this is what it's for. This is why you're here. This is what it's about. Don't forget what it's about. Do you hear what I said in the beginning when these people are being baptized? What did I tell you? This is what it's all about. So, with that being said, I will give you a little devotion. Because I prayed and I prayed. And I said, God, what do you want me to say? And the only verse that would come to my mind is Ecclesiastes 9.10. Ecclesiastes 9.10 says, whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, 
do it with thy might. Where there is no work nor device. The word device means planning. There's no work, there's no device, there's no planning, there's no scheduling, no knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave, whether thou goest. If you're taking notes, if you got your notes in front of you, write this down. First of all, we see a pleasing purpose. Say that with me. A. Pleasing purpose. Everybody say it. Pleasing purpose. It says, whatsoever, whatsoever thy hand findeth to do. What is your whatsoever? What is your whatsoever? Your whatsoever is what gets you up in the morning. Your whatsoever is what you live for. Your whatsoever is what you spend your money on, what you spend your time on, what you spend your effort on. It's what you think about. It's what you dream about. It's your, it's the meaning of life. It's why you do what you do. It's not just why you do what you do. It is what you do. I got to ask you, what's your whatsoever? What is your purpose? What, what makes you get out of bed in the morning? What makes you work hard to, to see happen? What is your whatsoever? What is your purpose? Two things I want to share with you about that. Number one, we need to identify it. Every Christian in here, every lost person in here, every single person in here, you need to identify what you're whatsoever. Some of you are just going through life willy nilly. You're just going through life. You're just getting up in the morning. You're going to work. You're paying the bills and you come back and, and, and you do the same thing over and over and over. You have no drive. You have no purpose. You have no real meaning of life. You're just going through the motions every day and it's become routine and it's a doldrum. And you're wondering what in the world are you doing with your life? But some of y'all, you're whatsoever, you know what your whatsoever is, but it's a wrong whatsoever. So we need to identify our whatsoever. Then we need to evaluate. We need to evaluate. Think about this now. Write this down. We need to evaluate our whatsoever. Is our whatsoever what it should be? Is our whatsoever what it should be? Is our purpose for living is our purpose for working, is our purpose for what we do in life, is it what it should be? Some people's purpose is their children. They live for their children. They worship their children. Everything is about their children. They live, breathe, sleep, eat, work and serve and sacrifice. Everything's about the children. But what are you going to do when they grow up and leave? It's for money. It's for money. It's for money. Well, guess what? You're going to die and somebody else is going to spend it. It's for fame. It's for, it's for hobbies. We live for hobbies. We live for sports. Some of you, some of you yesterday, you was raising cane and screaming and hollering and it was great. Football season is here and we come in here and I watched Jalen. He worked really, really hard to get y'all in this thing and y'all was half asleep. I watched it and you did too, so don't look at me that way. What's your whatsoever? Evaluate it. Why am I doing what I'm doing? Whine the whole time. 
I whined the whole time till it was time for me to leave. Two hours before it left, God took me into a restaurant and brought Azel into my life and reminded me what my whatsoever is. Evaluate. Let me give you a verse. Let me give you a verse. Look at, look at, look at what it says. <clears throat> look at what it says. And I, I got to hurry. Here we go. First Thessalonians two, four. If you're there, say amen. amen. But as we look at your neighbor and say, you're we, we is me. That's right. But as we were allowed, that means it's a privilege. As we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the, the gospel. God allowed us to have the opportunity. He entrusted us with the gospel. Even so we speak not as pleasing men, but. Did y'all get that? What is the point A pleasing purpose is your whatsoever pleasing to God? You say, how can I make sure it's pleasing to God? Because it's centered in the gospel. It has to do with the gospel. Two things under evaluation. Write this down quickly, quickly, quickly. Two things underneath this. You say, how can I know if my whatsoever, how can I know if what I'm living for, how can I know if, if my purpose is pleasing to God? First of all, does it bring glory to God? Does what you are striving for, working for, slaving for, sacrificing for, does it bring glory to God? In the simplest terms, I can, I can say it. Uh, listen, does it make God look good? Or is it self-centered and self-focused? Is it all about you or is it all about him? There's too many of us. There's too many of us has got this mistaken identity because of all the prosperity preaching and the false teaching. You think that God is here for you and God is not here for you. You are here for him. Worthy is the one who's made us for his own will. For thy pleasure. That's what the Bible says in Revelation chapter 4. I think it's 4.11. It's the last verse in chapter 4. It says, for thy pleasure, God's pleasure, for thy pleasure, we are created. Now watch. Does it bring glory to God? Does your purpose bring glory to God? Does your, your, your whatsoever, does it bring glory to God? Then secondly, does it point people to Jesus? Does it point people to Jesus? Now watch, now watch. I know what you're thinking. Well, I can't be a preacher. You don't have to be a preacher. Let me tell you, do we have any grannies in here? Any grannies? Raise your hand. Don't be ashamed. Or, or glamas. <laughs> Mimis. Ninis. Give me another one. What, what did I not name? Nana. 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 Banana. Hosanna. Momo. Mimo. Grandma, do you know what? Them grandchildren are pretty cool, ain't they? Are you pointing them to Jesus? See, see, you don't have to go. You don't have to go and stand on the corner and, and take a Bible and preach a sermon. 
But every time you see those grand young, you say, hey, little junior, you know Jesus loves you. I'll give you a perfect example. Yesterday, I found out yesterday morning, <clears throat> early yesterday morning, one of my Bondo church buddies, one of my Bondo church buddies, 14 years old, is diagnosed with leukemia. Found it out this week, rushed him down to children's Friday night. So early Saturday morning, early yesterday morning, I run down there. And I'm sitting in there talking with him and his mom. And we're cutting up, just having a good time, trying to make lighthearted conversation. And, and, and a lady comes in and says, hey, I'm here to do whatever you need. If you have this, this, blah, 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 blah. You know how they are and what they're doing. And, and I said, ma'am, what's your name? And man, she had a name like this. And then she says, but most people call me Lala. I said, thank God. Hey, Amen. I'm not going to remember that name. I said, Lala, my name's Malcolm. And I said, this is Wendy. And, 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 and the young man in the bed's name is Walker. I said, but this is Julio. <clears throat> and she said, well, how you doing, Julio? And Walker just thought that's the funniest thing in the world. I said, no, I'm kidding. This is Walker. Well, Walker, he, he, he knows about... He knows about sharing your faith and sharing your story. He was in the training and he caught on what I was doing. And she made it to the door and, and Walker said, ma'am, ma'am. Said, yeah, honey. Said, do you know the Lord Jesus Christ is your personal savior? Lala said, I sure do. And son, she went to preaching. And she left. And I looked at Walker to remind him of his training. I said, now, Walker, we don't just, we get to that slowly. You remember Cher? S-H-A-R-E, right? Secular, home, attitude, religion, E. She said, I know, preacher, but I know she's fixing to leave, so I just got right to the point. God is my witness. That's what he said. He said, what's he doing? Pointing people to Jesus. Are you living your life to point people to Jesus? Listen, what's your whatsoever? Only you can answer that question. God had to remind me. God took me. I, I, I figured it up. And this is what I was whining about. I was in the air longer than I was on the ground in the conference. So I had an attitude. So God had to show me and give me an attitude adjustment to remind me why I do what I do. Everybody look at me. Temple Baptist Church does not exist to pamper you. Temple Baptist Church does not exist to entertain you. We exist to point people to Jesus. Every ministry, every event we do and put on is to see people saved. He reminded me. The Bible says, whatsoever thy hand findeth to do. Watch this. Do it with thy might. That, my friend, number two, is a passionate pursuit. 
a passionate pursuit. Are you passionately pursuing a right whatsoever? Are you passionately pursuing? I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be honest with you. I watched those. I watched them singing. And I watched those smiles. And I watched their worship. And they were so excited and so passionate about a faithful God. And they had nothing. They had nothing. These were people who were living on dirt floors and in thatch huts. And were just so passionate about their worship. And then I come home. And we're getting boogers out of our eyes. Not singing. Jalen's up here trying to pry out of y'all. Be honest. Did you passionately worship God this morning? Did you give him your all? In your singing, in your prayers this morning, did you pray for the service before you got here? Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. Number three. We see a powerful point. Why is that such a big deal, preacher? Because the grave's coming. Because there is no work. That, you know what that means, basically? You better do it now. Because one day you won't be able to do it. And you know what? You know what I figured out? You don't even have to wait to the grave. I had so much more energy when I arrived here in October 99. I was in everything, doing everything. I thought if there was something that needed to be done here at the church or was going on at the church, I needed to be here before it started and I needed to leave here after after it was over. Work days, anything, it did not matter. Is that not true, Brother Mickle? Is that not true? Brother Mickle was there watching. He was doing the same thing. But I found out this. After 40, you can't do that no more. Now, I'm knocking on the door of 50, and I know you 60s and 70s, y'all, you think, uh, uh, God help us. I can't do what I did before. All you young people in here, all you young people in here, get to it. Get to it. Don't waste all your strength and your stamina and your energy and, and the youth, the power of youth. On something that's not going to mean anything. Use it to glorify God. Use it to point people to Jesus. Because I'm telling you, when that energy's gone, you won't be able to do it anymore. And when we get to the grave, you're going to look back and you're going to see a whatsoever that was not even worthy. It's coming. What's your whatsoever? Are you pursuing it with all you got? And let me ask you this. Is your whatsoever worth pursuing? If it's not glorifying God, 
If it's not pointing people to Jesus, then you need a new whatsoever. I don't know how to do them two things, preacher. Well, sign up for DMD and we'll teach you. I cannot even begin to explain the joy, the excitement, and what I had in my heart when I watched Azale's tears dripping off her face and her pray and accept Christ as her Savior. I didn't care about the miles. I didn't care about being in an Islamic country. I didn't care about the fear. I, they could have done anything they wanted me at that point. I didn't care about, I didn't care about nothing. That's what it's all about. You want to have joy again in your life? Fix your whatsoever. Start pointing people to Jesus. Start glorifying God in your life. In your behavior, in your habits, in your, in your actions. And I promise you. You'll have that, you'll have that same joy. You'll have that same joy. Matter of fact, I forgot to tell y'all this. How many of y'all remember we, we had Project Nigeria about three or four years ago? Raise your hand if you remember that, Project Nigeria. The leaders, from the money you sent, planted a training center over them. And the leaders that were one to Christ and went through the training center and now they are training others. They were sitting right in front of us. Right in front of us. And I wanted to get a picture with them. But I couldn't. Because if I posted their picture and we're online, it would endanger their life. But either way, guys, that's what it's about. I don't know. That's all I got. I didn't mean to seem like I was getting on to all you. But I just wanted to be honest. I want you all to know what I had in my heart. I, wanted, I, I, I don't want to... I don't want leaders in communist countries have to look at us and say, I'm praying for you. We have freedom. We have opportunity. And that's the two things. He said, you're going to the grave. And you know, we're going to be held accountable for our time that God's given us and the opportunities God has given us. What are we going to do with it? These guys are risking their life. And we're going to stand before God and God said, I put you in a free country. I gave you unlimited resources. I gave you everything that you needed to glorify me and point people to me. What'd you do with it? Well, I kind of spent it on hobbies and I kind of spent my time on. Ladies and gentlemen, make no mistake about it. That conversation is going to be had between you and Jesus. He is going to say, what did you do with the time I gave you and the opportunities you had? I just got one thing to say to everybody.
Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. I don't mean to be a whiny baby again this morning. But whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave, whether thou goest. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen.